Good morning. I'm glad to be able to, uh, you know, to come to you again over the wires. It's a beautiful, warm morning here at, in the former Grove. And um, today I'd like to thank Linda, Bob, Elise, Jesse, Lynn, uh, for being so willing to provide us with the readings and prayers for today. Okay. Today, both Fulmer and St. John Lutheran churches are worshiping outdoors in each of their beautiful Grove areas. So... And we'll be doing this for the rest of the summer, basically. So if you are able to join us, remember that Fulmer's worship begins at 9 a.m. and St. John's begins at 10.30. And, of course, if you're not able to join us, please continue to watch us over the YouTube channel that you are currently watching as we will continue to broadcast um, our service um, through this and if you're not comfortable with outdoor service, Fulmer continues to offer the uh, drive-in experience um, since we still be, will be able to use the uh, FM uh, radio transmitter. So you can sit in the car and, um, and listen, and you can even drive it into the Grove here at Fulmer and be comfortable and listen and be safe. This week and for most of the uh, summer, we will continue a sermon series on hope. And, you know, in this time of uncertainty and confusion over the coronavirus and employment and just livelihoods, we are able to have time now to think about what it means to be Christians. And in light of so much uncertainty, coupled with racial tension and political divisions, you know, we might be struggling with what it means to be Christian and how to live in the Christian hope. And so in this series, I hope to help you traverse... Um, this time of just weirdness as we look to Christ for hope and for the word for the uh, for the path forward so I also want to take this opportunity to uh, congratulate Wanda Charlotte Jackson Marr Gregory Brad as they celebrate their birthdays this week I hope it is a wonderful time full of cakes and wonderful blessings. I also want to congratulate the foreigners, Jim and Becky Headings, the Lazaruses, the Beechams, and Roger Sadison and his wife and the Wolfords as they celebrate their wedding anniversaries. I hope that it is a wonderful time, a time of reconnecting, if if not a time of, of you know, of special celebration in this wonderful relationship that you guys have together. So with that said, let us now celebrate with our hearts and minds as we come and worship our Lord.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, you continue to come to us in our imperfection and call us to action. Strengthen our resolve, give us empathy, and make us whole in our imperfection, so that others may be made whole. Allow our need for you to be the impetus to serve you through our neighbors, friends, and foes. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hi, I hope you all have had a good week. Today, our reading from Peter's letter to the exiles, to the people who had been sent away from their homes. He says, he tells them to prepare your minds for action and discipline yourselves. So, when we hear the word discipline, that sounds like the word disciple, right? To discipline yourself or to follow a discipline or to be a disciple means to follow something, to follow in the right path. And Peter is telling Jesus' followers who have been sent away from home, who aren't in their normal places doing their normal things, 
He says, you can still be preparing yourselves for the time when you can take some action. He says, prepare your minds and discipline yourselves. So this summer, we all need to discipline ourselves a little differently than usual, but we can be preparing our minds always for the time when the time comes when we can be out among all of God's people again and doing normal activities and sharing God's love with everybody. And a really good way for us to prepare our minds and is to look around the world and see, ask yourself, where do I see God? Where have I seen God this week in something that I did or saw or another person? And prepare yourself to think, to be ready to see God every day. And we're encouraging everybody to do this as a discipline this summer, either once a week or maybe once every day. Maybe you want to do it as a family at a mealtime that you share together. Or maybe if you're coming, if you're going to a regular activity somewhere, maybe in the car on the way there. But we would encourage you to share with your grown-ups somewhere that you are seeing God and ask them where they see God this week. And don't forget to, maybe if you see something you want to take a picture of or something that you want to write up really quickly, a little bit about where you saw God, go ahead and if you want to share it with everybody online, you can post it on either your social media or on the Fulmer Church's social media, our Facebook page, under the hashtag Fulmer Everywhere. And that lets everybody know that you know that church is wherever you go, not just the building you're in. So have a good week, everybody. Today's first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 18, starting at verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation, concerning which I have spoken, turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter, shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from First Peter, starting with verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not conform to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourself in all of your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. 
you know that you were ransomed from the fertile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not a perishable, but imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Rid yourself, therefore, of all malice and all guilt, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During most of the Sundays uh, this summer, I'm focusing on the theme of hope and how we can live a more hopeful life. Last week I shared with you an introduction into what it means to live in Christ as the basis of living in hope. Today I want to share with you my insight into an aspect of living as a hopeful Christian. So we read in first chapter, our, our, our second reading today in chapter 1, um, that if we are to live as a hopeful person in Christ, we ought to li live like one. We shouldn't be about dissolute living, wasting our time with things that don't contribute to that, to the teachings and, and the lifestyle that Christ invites us to live. Instead, Peter exhorts his readers to live a life that is about bringing the kingdom of God near, even if the world around us seems to be far from that reality. For Peter, to live a life focused on Christ was about not only living, being faithful, but a way of overcoming the hardships that we Christians often experience in our lives. We humans are, are, are good at being distracted by various things in our world. And the more extreme a distraction, the harder for us to refocus on anything else. Thus, Peter, understanding that experiencing persecution was pretty extreme, and it was hard for his readers in Asia Minor to focus on living in Christ. So the Apostle Peter, writing to the persecuted Christians in Asia Minor, gives them a set of instructions, or a, basically more like a template on how to live a life that is filled with hope. This recipe, I guess you could say, provides a way for the Christians to live so that they can keep their focus on Christ and not be bogged down by the atrocities of their neighbors and communities. The apostles begin this set of instructions by reminding his readers that they were bought with the precious blood of Christ, and therefore, as Christ was holy, they too need to live and be reminded that they too are holy. So the concept of holiness is introduced here. And for us modern Westerners, I think it might be a pretty foreign concept. We don't often hear people speaking about holiness. We only hear about it when we speak about God or the sacraments like the Holy Supper, Holy Baptism, Holy Spirit. 
But we don't hear any preachers, even on TV, ever speaking about people as being holy. Holiness, it seems, belongs to the realm of the divine. Yet in Peter's time, and all the time before that, holiness was very much about personal conduct and one's relationship with God. Peter, being a good Jew that he was, uh, he remembers that one can be holy by living a life that is consecrated and set apart from all the rest of society. Peter knew that there were two types of people that were considered holy people in his time. These people, in one way or another, had made conscious vows to live in a consecrated manner that was completely focused on God. These two types of individuals were the Kohanims, or the priests, and the Nazarites, a lay person who did not take priestly vows but still made vows to live a sanctified life. Both of these individuals, or types of individuals, lived by codes of abstinence from certain drinks and practices. They committed themselves to constant study of the scriptures and by being constantly focused on the Lord. For these individuals who made the vows, they knew they were being separated from the rest of society to live as a person wholly and completely devoted to God. But here in this text is the difference between what these priests and Nazarites were and what Peter means by being holy. If you read his text carefully, Peter is not interested in following the rules or laws. For Peter, his writing is really about answering the question, Who am I? Whose am I? For it is in answering this question that determines your understanding of holiness. There is only one thing you must definitely answer for yourself. Who am I? Or restated, where do I abide? If you can get that right, the rest largely takes care of itself. Paul answers the questions directly in his letter to the Colossians. You are hidden with Christ in God, and Christ is your life. Every time you start hating yourself or doubting yourself, ask, who am I? The answer will come, I am hidden with Christ in God, like Paul wrote, in every part of my life. I am bearing both the mystery of suffering humanity and the mystery of God's glory, which is precisely the mystery of Christ. God looks at us and always sees Christ, and God thus finds us always and entirely lovable. God fixes his gaze intently where we refuse to look on our shared divine nature as God's children, as written in 1 John. And on one day, our gaze, someday, our day gaze will match God's gaze. We will find God entirely lovable and ourselves fully lovable in the same moment. Why, you may ask? Because it is the same set of eyes that is doing the looking. St. Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, All of us, gazing with unveiled face on the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, as from the Lord who is in the Spirit. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. All we have to do is receive God's gaze and then return what we have received. We simply complete the divine circuit, love returning love, as St. Francis once stated. This is our spiritual life, 
and it should be our spiritual lifestyle for the rest of our lives. We are saved by standing consciously and confidently inside the force field that is Christ, not by getting it right in our private selves. We are too imperfect for that. The big truth is that we are too small ever to imagine that we can be like Christ, but we can live near Christ in the force field that is Christ. We are too tiny, too insecure, too ready to beat ourselves up, and we're just simply too imperfect. We do not need to be correct, but we can always try to remain connected to our Lord. The great, and for some disappointing surprise, is that many people who are not at all correct are the most connected for reasons of their own intense desire and need. All we can do is fall into the eternal mercy, into love, which we can never really fall out of, because we belong to Christ and Christ belongs to us, as Paul beautifully stated. Eventually, we know that we are all saved by mercy in spite of ourselves. Our holiness is first of all, and really only God's holiness, and that is why it's certain and secure. It is a participation in love, a mutual indwelling, not an achievement or performance on our part. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, If anyone wants to boast, let's th let them boast in the Lord. Jeremiah said this, the same long before Paul. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, nor the strong boast of their strength, nor the rich boast of their riches, but rather let those who boast boast of this, that they know me. So the question for us is, do we know that we belong to God? The answer to this question will determine our hopefulness and our ability to walk with God through all the valleys and mountaintop experiences of this life. Hope is founded on our understanding of holiness, and holiness is all about understanding that we are entirely God's, and our imperfection has no role in our deep and committed relationship in Christ, because it is in our relationship in Christ that God sees us as his children. We need to recall this. We need to recall our baptism every day as it reminds us that we are claimed by God with the cross of Christ on our foreheads as the outward and visible sign of God's forever presence in our lives. And when we come to that final realization, we will stop worrying about our imperfections and rest securely in the love of God always. And we will live always with the sure and confident hope that God guides us that God claims us, and that we, through our baptism, is God's always. Amen.
Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us now receive the benediction. Remember that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit bless you and keep you always in eternal love. Amen. And now, go in peace and remember that Christ is with you always. Thanks be to God.
Forever. 